Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. CLNS's Patriots coverage is powered by our exclusive wagering partners at betonline.ag. Use the promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your initial deposit. Hello, everybody. Evan Lazar, Alex Barth, Patriots Beat Podcast, day two of Patriots training camp down at Gillette Stadium. We're going to get into the quarterback battle off the top of the show here. But Alex, uh, before we get into Cam versus Mac, any overarching themes from Bill Belichick this morning, the players, anything like that? Bill did mention that they're not going to put the pads on until next Tuesday of next week. So we're going to get a couple more days of these light, non-padded, no-contact, really not competitive training camp sessions just quite yet. Yeah, I, that that would be my big, I guess, non-quarterback takeaway. Bill kind of seemed frustrated when we talked to him this morning that the pads can't come on until Tuesday. And yeah, I, I'm a little frustrated. I mean, look, it's great being at camp, but it, you can only do so much. And, it, you know, we're going to do the show for an hour. And how many times will we add the caveat you know, it's without pads, it's without pads. And you kind of just want to get to the real football. So I get why they're pushing it back. You're trying to keep players healthier. I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad idea. It's just from our point of view as observers, that's what you really want to see. And we're not going to see it as, as quickly as we usually do. So that's my takeaway. That said, there certainly was plenty of interesting moments at camp today and we'll get into them. And it starts with the quarterbacks. Right, and I think the interesting thing or the fun thing about these non-padded sessions is that you do get a lot of passes in the air, right? Because you're not, yes. you can't really rep the run game. Well, so that's so. what was interesting today. Today was probably the most focus I've ever seen on the run in a non-padded practice. And I wonder if that's just because, you know, you're normally going into pads day three, so you figure, okay, we'll cover the running game within the first three right. days. I wonder if because it's pushed off, Bill just doesn't want to wait and says, you know what? It won't be perfect, but I'm not. So if it's Tuesday, let's assume they have Sunday off. That would be the sixth practice. Maybe he says, I'm not going five practices without addressing the running game pads or not. Uh, So it was interesting to see that today because you see him really in the run heavy for the first time, but there's also not a ton you can take away from it because it's, it's half speed at best. Right. Okay. So I have something to say about the run game that we can get to after we talk about Cam and Mac specifically, but I want to do it now. Or do you want to do it now? Will people file in? You seem excited for this take. No, no, no. I want to say it. I want to say it. Okay. Okay. I want to talk about Cam because I want to give him his due because I feel like people think that we bash Cam on the show or on our channel. You bash Cam. Cam. I bash both of them. Apparently I hate both of them. Jake (laughs) Dolgala. Jake Dolgala for the starting job over here. But, Evan, who won today? I asked you this. When, when we were leaving practice, I just walked by you. I said, who won? This was a Cam day. 
this was Cam's day today, and you got to give him his due. He practiced extremely well, specifically towards the end of practice, right? It was a little bit shaky in the beginning of practice, a little bit like what we saw yesterday from Cam Newton, but towards the end, he really turned it on in that low red zone. I I say low red zone. uh, That's inside the 10-yard line, right? And he really, really turned it on at that point in time, and he made three consecutive completions, and one of them was to Brandon Bolden. And I was the way I was sitting, I, I had like yeah. a perfect angle on the throw. And that was, I think, from what we have seen out of Cam at practice, both in training camp last year, mini camp this year, and in the first two days of training camp uh, this in the, this week, that was the best throw I've ever seen him make in practice, right? Because that was a really, yeah, you know, it was a really good throw. It was it was a dime, and when he threw the football, it was Brandon Bolden was the was the receiver that caught the ball. Yeah. Josh Uche was in coverage, and Bolden ran a little option route coming out of the backfield where he broke out on it uh, towards the back of the end zone, and you could see the ball come out of Cam's hands and then Bolden come out of his break and then the ball just be laid out right there perfectly for Bolden along the sideline. So timing and by touch, yeah, just just by the way. I'll just throw this out. A nice catch for Bolden, too. Let's not lose yeah. track of that. It was a great throw, but Bolden had to keep his feet in. He did, and he's a guy who I think is competing for a role. So I just – I don't in, – in in the great Cam play, I don't want to lose that Brandon Bolden made a nice play, too. Yeah. On that throw, though, we have talked so much on this podcast about Cam's timing and accuracy and anticipation in the offense, right? Can he anticipate that when the receivers are going to break and throw the football and get rid of the ball before the receiver starts to come out of his route? That throw had it all, right? That was anticipatory throw right on the money into tight coverage, all of those things. And that was, I think, right. one of his best throws that I've seen him make in a practice. He also followed that throw up with a pretty uh, – I would call it a dart up the seam to Hunter Henry. That was a nice throw, too. Right right after that as well for a touchdown. And we're going to talk about Henry in a little bit because he he was really involved in this practice. But we had that. Then we had Cam, as you mentioned, some of the run game elements. We saw Cam running the football a little bit out there today. He even caught a pass on a trick play for a touchdown. We can't really get into particulars about what exactly it was. (laughs) But he caught a touchdown as well. So, a full-on Cam day, right? Uh, yeah. For all the Cam stands out there, now now is your time to glow because today was one of his better days. And another really telling moment for me was when Mac Jones was struggling, and it was that same period. where. So I actually thought both guys were good to start the day. I thought both guys were lackluster yesterday. I thought yeah. both guys were good to start the day. Cam, like you mentioned, did some good running stuff early. Uh, a nice throw from Mac Jones early on. He threaded a ball past Kyle Van Noy to Hunter Henry, showed off some arm strength. Um, and then you got into that late red zone period, which is where Cam made that throw to Brandon Bolden and the throw to Hunter Henry. And Mac comes in, he was, what, 2 a 6, 2 a 9. He had a couple balls batted down. He was clearly frustrated. He's pounding the ground, all of that. And the first person over to talk to him was Cam Newton. And he put a, his hand on his back, and you could tell that Cam didn't want him to get too down on himself. And I, 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 as well as Cam played, and I don't want to lose track of the fact that he played well, that was really telling, too, because there's been this kind of underlying question of, okay, if and when they do make that switch, how will Cam handle it? And Cam has been Mac's biggest cheerleader so far in camp. So that in itself, too, is an encouraging sign. So I think, you know, good, good for Cam Newton on all fronts today. He didn't have any turnovers either, which is obviously huge. You know, that's a big deal. So 
uh, a lot to be encouraged about today with Cam Newton. Yeah, absolutely. And and we get caught up on individual throws a lot in camp, but that throw to Bolden just I don't think I've seen him actually throw, make an in-rhythm throw like that where he knew where the receiver was going to break out of his route and threw the ball before Bolden got to the top of the route and actually cut out of it. And then it was just right there when Bolden turned around and looked back to the quarterback. Now, those are those types of Patriot-like throws that we talk a lot about with Mac Jones, and we say Mac's really good at this, right? That was a hit the top of your drop, get the ball out before the receiver turns back to the QB, put it in the right spot. That, that was well, a Patriot-like throw. So let me just add, too, what was interesting about that is that's a chemistry play, right? That's a timing play. Brandon Bolden wasn't with the team last year. He opted out. So yeah. that's chemistry they built up throughout the spring, and it shows that you know Cam is starting to build chemistry with some of these guys because Bolden is a new guy to him. He's never played with Bolden before, so – those spring practices, even though Cam did miss some time, you can kind of see the difference that it's making. Right. So good day for Cam. Let's talk about Mac, who I don't think played poorly today, just maybe not as good as Cam, especially late in the practice when he, he seemed to struggle a little bit on ele- in 11s. I want to start with the good, though, because I, I have a take on the bad as well. But the good thing that we saw from Mac is that quick release and that hit the top of the drop and get the football out still very much exists with him, even in practices where he's maybe not as sharp or, or not the quarterback that quote unquote won the day. Right. And early on in practice, he went four for four in a seven on seven session. He made a really nice throw. I thought the Kendrick Bourne where Bourne uh, kind of ran a little curl or a stick route out of the slot. As soon as Mac hit the back foot, the ball came out, Bourne turned around and the ball was right on him in his chest. That was a nice throw. He hit Jacoby Myers on kind of like a corner route in red zone. That was was the one that you were talking about that Cam was cheering him on about and, and you could hear Cam yelling over everybody else about how you know to kind of hype up the rookie so that was good to see as well so we're still seeing I think a quarterback on the whole he certainly had some mistakes and we'll get into a few of those but on the whole we're seeing a quarterback that keeps the train on schedule operates well within the system all the things that we consistently have talked about with Mac I don't think he did anything today to make me think oh well maybe maybe we need to slow down with some of those things I still think he's that type of guy I I think to me and I I agree there were no red flags for me today but I think one of my biggest concerns with Mac Jones is here's a guy who at least recently hasn't failed a ton Right. At Alabama, he was winning games. And don't get me wrong. He was a big part of it. I don't want this to be because people give out the take that Mac Jones coasted because of the talent he had around him at Alabama, the defense he had, the coach he had. I don't think that's true. That being said, it was easier for him at Alabama than it's going to be in New England. It's easier in college than it is in the pros. He's not a guy who's had a ton of failure. How is he going to react to failure? He made some mistakes early on in that red zone period, and they kind of snowballed on him. That's not great. We all have bad days. I'm not going to say that it's a trend. I'm not saying he can't handle failure. I'm just saying that's something that stood out is I want to see. I, I, I kind of know the kind of player he can be. It's let me see what happens when somebody stops him from being that kind of player. The defense had another great day today. They were the better unit again today. That's two days, one for the defense who rarely wins when there's no pads. Let me see how Mac handles facing this dominating defense today. It didn't go well for him. So I wanted to talk about that that sort of ending of the practice as well and Max frustrations because the one thing so 
the, the out of the five practices that we've now seen, again, I know we talked about this yesterday. I, I'm not counting OTAs. We were out there for a couple of those. But the three mini camp practices and now the two training camp practices. Mini camp day three and training camp day two were decisive wins for Cam, and Mac had some rookie mistakes and some struggles in those practices. And the two kind of consistencies that I see with both of those days is towards the end of practice – the emotions, quite frankly, get the better of him a little bit. And he gets a little bit hot under the hood. Today, he missed Jacoby Myers crossing over the middle of the field, threw the ball in the dirt, felt like he should have hit Myers. It looked like Myers was open. It was kind of like a slant or an underneath crosser type route. And he just dirted it. It wasn't it wasn't a good throw. And he slammed the ground in frustration. And then Brian Hoyer had to go over to him. I think Cam, like you said, might have gone over to him at one point there. He's hanging his head a little bit. And he gets a little bit frustrated. And he gets a little bit angry at himself, I think, when he makes mistakes. And that tends to snowball on him a little bit. So if there's one sort of critique I could make out of Mac Jones from what I've seen so far, it's he's going to have to learn how to control his emotions a little bit better when things are not going well. And this is totally a body language doctor, you know, psychiatrist type of view. This isn't necessarily football football, but it's important, especially at that position. There is a football element here because we hear this phrase with quarterbacks all the time, short memory, right? You've got to have a short memory. You throw a bad pick, you make a bad read, whatever it is. It happens to the best. It even happens to Brady. And, and that's part of what made Tom Brady so good is the few times he did make a mistake, he'd normally come right back and, and put together a great drive. So that's kind of what I talk about with, with the, the, the failure for, for Mac Jones. How does he react to failure? How short of a memory does he have? How quick can he kind of pick himself up, gather himself, and go back out there? And that was kind of on display today. And I don't know that he had a short uh, memory today. By the way, yesterday there was a play where Cam kind of missed a read and then the next play, he came back, and I thought he fired the ball too quickly. I think he got a little too aggressive, and that was the interception to Adrian Phillips. So both of these guys right now are kind of dealing with it. It's not uncommon early in camp that, you know, when you've only played so few reps, it's very easy to make make a lot out of all of them. It's like how people in college think college matters, right? When you're in right. college, you think every little thing is determining of your life, high school too, and then you get out of college, you get out of high school, and you realize, oh, none of that actually mattered. You know, one bad rep in training camp isn't going to kill you, but it's really easy, especially for a young guy like Mac Jones, for things to feel that way. He just kind of has to get past it. Yeah, and and that is – when you watch Brady, and even in practice, Brady always had this competitive fire. And I hate to compare everybody to Brady, but he's he's the – the barometer, right? Like he, he's, he's the pinnacle. Right. So we're comparing, we're not comparing styles and, and careers and all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying this is what the best of the best does. Right. And the best Brady was always a little bit angry and always a little bit fiery. And he certainly had moments where he had, you know, where he kind of expressed those emotions, but he was always cool and calm on the next play. Right. It never snowballed on, on him too badly really ever. And that's something that I think that Mac and time with maturity and with years in the league and stuff like that will eventually start to figure out. But it's just something that I've noticed in these practices when he's not necessarily playing the way that he knows he's capable of playing. And at Alabama, we didn't necessarily get to see that all that often. So you kind of have to gauge it more in the NFL where those struggles are going to happen. So just something to keep an eye on. Like we both said, 
it wasn't overall a terrible day. He had his good moments still. Still, a lot of the things that we like about Mac Jones still exist. Uh, but today, when he did struggle towards the end of practice, he got a little, a little bit hot under the hood, as I said, a little bit emotional. And, and maybe that's something that we can keep. Uh, he's going to have to work on. You know, something he's going to have right. to learn from. And look at the at the end of the day, one of these guys is going to have to be the guy. And right. it's you know. You could say, yeah, Mac had a good day. Cam was better. And I'll say the same thing when Mac has a good day. E- even if Cam has a good day and Mac's better, Mac's better. So right now I think it's it's Cam one and you have a draw. I think that first day was a draw. I, I know you were kind of leaning Mac. Yeah. Uh, I really wasn't impressed with either guy, especially after the way they, they both, I thought, closed the string, the spring strong. That's a tongue twister. Um, but the way it went in the spring, if you remember, the first day was Mac. Then it was Stidham. Then it was Hoyer. So Hoyer you know, had a good day today. Hoyer too. had a really good day. Hoyer might have been the best quarterback today. Honestly. Okay, well he was. Um, to be fair, but, so I, I saw this this brought up in the chat actually, and I I do want to mention that uh, <laughs> Mac and Cam both are taking reps against the starting defense at yeah. times. It's kind of a. Sh- uh, a, a mix. It's a, a, a smorgasbord of, of players, right? Of yeah. Weapons that they're throwing to and also the defense that they're going up against. But Mac and Cam are consistently going up against first and second string players, right? You don't right. see Mac and Cam going out there and, and they're not facing a whole lot of guys that aren't going to be on the team in a month, right? right. They're, they're facing guys that are going to be here. Whereas with Brian Hoyer, not not so much. Not to rag on no, Brian it's, it's Hoyer, true, but, but I guess what I was saying is the way this is kind of set up, and, and this shows the competitive fire, I think, of both guys, every, or, or of all the guys in the quarterback room, they're going back and forth. You really haven't seen one guy dominate. So the way things have lined up, tomorrow should be max day. And if, you know, right. so we'll see what happens. I think if, um, with Hoyer, it's inter- Can we do a, a quick minute here on Brian Hoyer? Cause very quick. There is a very interesting development here with Brian Hoyer. And we talked about how Hoyer and Stidham are competing for that third quarterback job. Now, Jeff Howe at the report last night, Stidham might need shoulder surgery. Right. And obviously the, they, the Patriots signed Jake Dogala because what was happening was basically, so you have Cam and Mac splitting those upper tier snaps, right? Instead of kind of rotating them in, or at least rotating Mac in with Hoyer, Hoyer got a ton of snaps with yeah. that with that B unit. And it, it was almost 25-25-50 with Hoyer getting 50% of the snaps. The personnel was certainly different, but he was getting a ton of snaps. So they bring in Jake Dolgala today, and Bill even says we need another arm for camp. Dolgala didn't take one meaningful snap. He didn't take a single snap in team yeah. reps. And maybe that's because he just got here, but he shouldn't be totally unfamiliar with things. He was on the practice squad last Oh, year, no, he's, so. he's not going to get any real reps. But so, so the, it really seems like if there's been a winner – from the quarterback position so far, it's Brian Hoyer because Stidham's on a, Stidham's on PUP. He might need surgery. They don't right. really seem interested in letting Dolgala compete for that no, spot. He's, he's, Hoyer seems to be good right now in that third spot. I if I was That's doing a right. roster projection today, I'd have Hoyer on the team pretty solidly. Yeah, me as well. So the last and just, just before hang on before people misconstrue that, I'd have him on as the third string quarterback. I'd have him on. But it's still Mac and Cam one and two. But I, Hoyer's in a great position right now to win the third spot. Okay, so the last quarterback take I want to give before we move yep. over uh, to some of the other players that because there were other players on the field besides just the quarterback. Uh, the one thing I wanted to mention is there was a period early on. You mentioned that we got some run game stuff, right? Yes. And there was a period early on where Cam took four snaps. And then Mac took four snaps and the four snaps that Cam 
took, and I, I wrote them down, was the first play was a screen to uh, to uh, Sony Michelle actually. He actually made a nice he made a nice catch on that play. Yeah, I remember the, that play. The yeah. second play was a toss, a, a, just a typical under center toss. The third play was a zone read, and the fourth play was a QB power, just designed quarterback run. And yep. I looked at I looked at my notes when I wrote those four things down, and I said, huh. Those last two plays, is Mac Jones going to run the same plays, right? Like, are we going to put Mac Jones in, in now and have him be running zone read? Like, probably not, right? And right. what happened was is when they put Mac in for the next set of, of downs, they ran the screen, they ran the toss, and they ran two more plays running game under center where he was just turning around and handing the ball off, right? And right. I looked at all that and I said to myself, this we talked about this a lot. This is truly – two different offenses when one guy is on the field and versus the other guy, even though they're running a lot of the same passing concepts in these red zone uh, seven on seven and 11 on 11 work. When that was to me was a snapshot of when, when Cam comes in the game, we're going to be running a very different offense than when Mac Jones comes in. I don't know if that matters necessarily in terms of all the other 10 players on the field, but I do wonder if it matters a little bit that they're so two differently distinct styles uh, completely. And, and I, I, it just was really staggering because we saw it kind of side by side come to fruition right in front of our right. faces there. Yeah. And it, it's going to be easier to tell when they put more of them together, right? Once, once they're actually running and, and consistent running plays in the pads and all of that. But I, yeah, it stood out. It, it, there, I don't know that we learned anything. I get what you're saying. Like it kind of stood out, but did you really think Mac was going to run power? Did you no, really think Cam was going to? You really think Cam's going to stop running power because they bring Mac in? It's just, I guess, the question coming in was, how are they going to balance preparing for the season with two different kinds of quarterbacks? Right. And here we are; they're they're right. going to split it up right. like that. that. I think that's the big part of the reason why I brought it up was, how are they going to balance what we're repping with the other ten guys on the field? Right? It's not right. necessarily about the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks are who they are and run what they run. But the other players that are going to be playing on offense, one time the offensive line is repping a power read concept where the quarterback has a read and it might be a little bit more delayed than if it's just true power and you're just hitting it right away. And you go from there, and then you also kind of get into the conversation of, well, which is a better offense for this team? moving forward, right? right? Because we know that Mac is going to run sort of the prototypical Tom Brady type of offense, but we know Cam is going to be something completely different. So that's, I think, the big discussion here is not, you know, I think they'll get over the fact that in terms of the two reps, they're repping different things and they're practicing different things and the other players in the offense will figure it out. But what about, which one's better and, and which one are they better off doing with the, with the personnel that they have and with the talent around them that they have. So there, uh, there's one other thing that was in, just cause you brought it up. There's one other thing that was interesting with the snaps that happened. Right. Um, and there was one point where Brian Hoyer was running red zone. This was like halfway through practice and they pulled Hoyer. And this was, so again, when Cam and Mac go, they alternate. When Hoyer goes, it's just Hoyer. That's the way it's been without Stidham. Right. Um, they pulled Hoyer and they put Mac in for a play. And I think he like checked it down. I forget. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. He just, it happened. And they pulled him back out. And that's classic Belichick with his backup quarterback. It's, hey, are you ready to come in on a moment's notice? Are you paying attention? Right. And that to me told me they still right now, 
view Cam Newton as the starter because they are giving Mac Jones the backup treatment. It just I know that's kind of unrelated to what you just said, but when you brought up like the the snaps, I sort of thought that's where you were going. So I just wanted to share that. Yeah, no, that's a that's an interesting point as well. All right, let, let's move over to some of these other players. I wanted to talk about the tight ends because I thought this was a big day, a big Hunter Henry day, yeah. which is good to see. Johnny Smith also got on the board a little bit and was involved a little bit. But first, I want to start with Hunter Henry. Like I said at the top of the show, really, again, a heavy emphasis on red zone passing for the last two days. And today, it really kind of felt, I think he had like three or four touchdowns today. Now, they're throwing the ball in the end zone every single pass. So obviously there, there's a lot of right. touchdowns, but the point is, is there, he was open a lot in the end zone. I, I thought that he just has, he has a great kind of veteran savvy about how to work that, that those tight condensed spaces and how to use his body and how to be a strong target for the quarterback. And he, he had a very good day, kind of an as advertised type of day for Hunter Henry on Thursday. Yeah, I he kind of bounced back big, and it seems like him and Cam kind of are kind of have a thing. Cam yeah. early on yesterday was looking his way. Later on in practice, he kind of got away from it. But early on in some red zone work, I think he targeted Hunter Henry three plays in a row on three different routes. Uh, and then today, he was looking Hunter Henry's way quite a bit. I think he caught a touchdown. Henry did for Mac too. Uh, so it wasn't just Cam, but you talk about the chemistry with the new guys. It real it seems like an early, you know, pairing that's developing is Cam Newton and Hunter Henry. I think there's actually some juice there, which is exciting. Yeah, I, not, I, and that's not to say that's not to say Cam sucks when throwing on the other guys. It's just it feels like Cam's Hunter Henry is becoming a regu- a more regular thing. You gotta feel you gotta think that Cam feels a little bit like Hunter Henry is kind of Greg Olson 2.0 for him. Right? I would say like, so, yeah. Yeah, it's a ve- they're very similar type of players. Uh, Olsen might have been a little bit more explosive on, on a vertical plane, but they, they're, they're both guys that, that kind of just won with craftiness, with the ability to separate at the top of the route, smart, high IQ type of route runners. I, I think that there is a lot of overlap between those two players, and Cam had a ton of success throwing to Greg Olson. So you got to think that he sees a similar player in, the, in Hunter Henry and has got to like what he sees. Uh, Johnny Smith caught a crossing route off of play action and, and team drills as well, basically that that patented Gronk concept, right, where they pull the guard and, and the tight end crosses behind the linebackers and the play action gets that void of space. We're not in uh, tackling mode, not in live tackling mode, obviously, because of the pad. So we didn't get to see Hunter Henry – or, excuse me, Johnny Smith run after the catch. That that would have been nice. But he definitely got some space there and set up a run after the catch if we were in a live situation. So both tight ends, like I said about Hunter Henry, I feel like both Johnny and Hunter Henry today – after a quiet day one, were as advertised, making plays, uh, particularly Henry in the red zone, and I think that should be music to Patriots fans' ears. And there's one other tight end that had a really strong All day right, today, too. I, Troy Fumagalli made three great catches. He made one up, like, he, I mean, he's using his size. There's one where he goes up and wins a 50-50 ball right. against, I think it was Adrian Phillips. So Brian, uh, Matt Judon gets pressure on Brian Hoyer. Chased him like 10 yards back. Hoyer just throws one up to the end zone. And it was Fumagalli and Phillips one-on-one. And, and Fumagalli made the catch. Um, he lost another safety a few plays later. And then there was another play earlier in practice where he was running a fade to the corner of the end zone. And he just, he had an, he didn't really have to go up over the defensive back the, where the positioning was, but he still had to extend to get the ball. And it was a nice catch. And 
you know, I know everybody wants to talk about Hunter Henry and John Smith, but I think we both agree this team will keep at least three tight ends. And with Devin Asiasi on COVID IR and Dalton Keene on PUP, there's certainly room for somebody else to insert themselves into that conversation. And Troy Fumagalli has been outside of Hunter Henry and John Smith, the best tight end on the field. He had a couple catches yesterday. uh, And then he had, I thought, a great day today. And he's been better than Matt Lacoste. He's been better than David Wells. I'm trying to think of who else is, is even out there. I know they got a handful of guys, but uh, a good start for try. You know, he hasn't earned anything yet. I wouldn't put him on the roster yet. But if he keeps playing like he plays, like he played today, he certainly has a chance to make it over Keen. And you get into a really interesting conversation if they're only going to keep three tight ends about him versus Asiasi. Because the other thing about Fumagalli that we're not seeing right now without the pads on, he's an excellent blocker. And you know they love that. So somebody to keep right. an eye on who had a strong day today. I wouldn't be surprised if they carry four tight ends. I don't know about the fullback position. Just we're not allowed to like really report too much on personnel groupings and, and, and sort of uh, are they in 12, are they in 21, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we can say that like Jakob Johnson really, I, I haven't seen a ton of Jakob Johnson. He hasn't done a ton, yeah. He hasn't really been out there a whole lot. I haven't seen a whole lot of the strong eye or the power eye like they like to run. It's been a lot more sort of one back sets, right? Single back type of sets and things like that. And and so you do wonder if the team even sort of feels like they're kind of phasing out the traditional fullback already. And if that's the case, then a guy like Fumagalli being on the roster along with Asiasi, maybe Kane's injury, I believe, is still that neck issue that he had last yeah. year. That's a scary injury. Like, I, I don't want to play doctor and, and make any, you know, sort of assumptions or anything, but I know the neck is a concern. And that that is a scary injury, especially for a player that has to make a living blocking a whole lot, like Keen as a tight end slash fullback, H-back, whatever you want to call it. And I don't know. I think they're going to carry at least – we know they're going to carry at least three pure tight ends. They might get the four. And if Fumagalli continues to play well, you could see Keen on IR with Fumagalli as the fourth tight end. We'll see if they actually dress four tight ends on game day. That, that'll that be a different story. But I right. definitely think it's trending towards four tight ends because Jakob Johnson, maybe they know what they have in Jakob Johnson and they're not in true run game stuff yet. So, we're not really at that point in training camp when live reps with pads that you're going to need to rep the fullback, but we haven't really heard a ton of Jakob Johnson out there right now. Yeah. So again, I, that's just what I'm, I'm, you know, I saw that today when you bring up the tight ends, uh, Hunter Henry obviously had a great day, but you know, I feel, Oh, that was a great catch. Who was it? Troy Fumagalli five minutes later. Oh, that was a great catch. Who yeah. was it? Troy Fumagalli. So th- this, this is what happens, especially when got early in camp when guys are on PUP, Somebody has to fill those snaps, and if that guy plays well, it turns into a competition, and there's a chance that that happens. I don't think he's pushing Henry or Smith. He's certainly not. But for those depth tight end spots, another day or two like he had today, and I think he's strongly in that conversation. Okay, so the other guy that kind of feels like every two seconds you're saying who caught that ball, and it's this guy, is Kendrick Bourne. Who, more than every two seconds. Yeah, I want to everywhere. I really wanted to get this in there because he has been everywhere and he's 
your typical inside receiver on the Patriots that just seems to always be where the quarterbacks are expecting him to be. And this offense is so much about that, right? It's understanding the entire concept. It's understanding where you're supposed to be at and when you're supposed to be there. And get they call it landmarks, getting to your landmarks or getting to your spots on the field, right? right? And Kendrick Bourne is really somebody that just seems to understand his landmarks extremely well in this offense already. And he's only been practicing with the team for a, a couple of weeks, right? You know, some OTAs, some mini camp, and now two days of training camp. We're very early on in the Kendrick Bourne experience, and he already seems to have a very good grasp of this offense. He's got strong hands. He's a good route runner. He's a smart route runner. We can talk a little bit in a second about the overlap with Jacoby Myers and how that's going to coexist and everything, but it's a really strong start to, to camp for Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, I it, today I thought, you know, yesterday he did have a couple drops, but he's a guy, he didn't have any today, and he's just constantly open. He has it, I think, just figured out, like you said, the way the Patriots offense works. And we talked about this in the offseason when people say, why can't they find tight end, wide receivers? And it's you got to find guys who you just have seen at the professional level operate in a Patriots-style offense. And it seems like Kendrick Bourne, for whatever reason, he's a guy where it just clicks. He knows what he needs to do. He gets it. And, boy, did they need that. They, you know, with the wide receiver play they had last year, it wasn't just about bringing in talent, which they did. You needed guys who weren't going to have too much of a learning curve and were going to come in and be able to contribute right away. And it looks like Kendrick Bourne's a guy who is going to contribute right away. That being said, Nelson Aguilar had a great day yesterday. Uh, I don't think Jacoby Myers has been the best wide receiver on the field yet through two days, but he certainly has been bad. He's probably been the second best wide receiver both days. So in 12 personnel, one of those guys is going to have to be the odd man out, and it's super close right now. All three of them, I think, are off to great starts to camp. Right, and I think between Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, and Hunter Henry, they got the possession move the chains guy down, right? Like they they got three guys, I think, in those players that – they can go to in those types of situations when they need a first down. And I think all three of those guys can get open and make something happen and, and, and move the chains. We'll talk about maybe as the season progresses too, I'm sure that this is going to be the explosive plays is going to be a little bit different, right? You know, that, that you're re- really relying on Aguilar and Johnny Smith to kind of create those explosive plays. I'm a little bit more concerned about that, I would say, but in terms of, third and six need a first down as long as the quarterback play is good. I think those three guys, Henry, uh, Bourne and Myers are going to get open and you can add James White into that mix as well. They, they, I think they'll be good in those situations. The big plays is maybe a little bit more of a concern, but I just thought Kendrick Bourne must have like a dozen catches already through two days of camp. He's just, he's just been a a target in reception magnet. You know, the, the ball just gets to him. He's been busy. Absolutely. He's been busy. And, well, you know, there's been some receivers who succeed and then the pads come on and they disappear. You know, your annual Maurice Harris. Right. I will see if Bourne's that guy. He doesn't strike me as that guy. He's not afraid to be physical. So that's, you know, I normally push back on you when a receiver pops in in minicamp or the first couple days of training camp, you get all excited and I normally push back. I wouldn't put Bourne in that category. I think it's totally well, he legitimate. Because he's done it in San Francisco. Like He's done it in an NFL practice. Well, it's not just NFL that he's and... done it. It's that I don't know that the way he's winning is predicated on the fact that there's no pads. I think right. the way he's winning, he's going to be able to win that way. He's going to be able to operate the same way he's operating and still have success without pads. 
or, or with, still have success with pads. So that's why I think, you know, I'm normally the first one to pump the brakes on receivers. I'm fine getting excited about Kendrick Bourne right now. I think he's he's off to that kind of start. Crafty, strong hands, not afraid to go over the middle, understands how to work against zone coverage. Uh, a really nice find, I think. And the reason why it, this is not Maurice Harris I, is because Kendrick Bourne had over 600 yards for San Francisco last year, right? Like this is a guy that's put up at least decent production, not 1,000 yards, but decent production enough in the NFL, in an NFL offense. This is not Mo Harris. This is not, uh, you know, Braxton Berrios. Like the, the, this is a player that's been there and done it before and they gave a decent amount of money to you know they didn't give Aguilar money or, or Henry or Johnny Smith money but they, they gave at least some money to Kendrick Bourne so I, I think they know that he's a professional receiver anybody else on the offensive side of the ball Trey Nixon did catch a pass on JC Jackson that that was good to see yeah I don't know what, what to make of that but that did happen and anytime well, it, it, somebody not just that pass, one not yeah, just that one catch I, Nixon had a busy day I think yeah yeah, anytime a receiver catches a pass on J.C. Jackson in practice, that's notable, I, I think, right? You right. know, somebody that even in practice, J.C. Jackson really locks guys down. Uh, was there any – you mentioned Fumagalli. I don't know if there's anybody else on offense who we can move over to the defense. Yeah, I already kind of mentioned him. Uh, I thought Brandon Bolden had a really nice day. He had that catch from Cam Newton. I He was moving well. You know, you watch the opt-out he's, guys. And he's moved really well since he came back. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think he I think he, he looks a little trimmer. I You know, he's yeah. still very muscular. And he was always a built guy. But he looks like he took some weight off. And uh, you, you watch the opt-out guys. You wonder how are they moving. And they all look good, by the way. Hightower looks fantastic. Yeah. I and and we, can, we can yeah. get to him. But, uh, you know, I talked about when we were doing all the previews that, Rex Burkhead's role is up for grabs, and maybe it's J.J. Taylor. Ramondre Stevenson's on NFI right now, so he doesn't really have a shot at it. Uh, but I thought Bolden would have a legitimate chance to win that job. And, again, it's still early, no pads, but he's he's looking pretty good through two days, and that's exciting to see because I personally love Brandon Bolden as a football player. He's a ton of fun to watch. I think a lot of Patriots fans do. And for him to come back from the opt-out and not only be you know the special teams ace that he is but play a role in the offense – I think that would be a ton of fun to see. So I'm excited to see him get off to a hot start. He's looked fantastic. Even in minicamp, yeah. he was catching passes out of the backfield. And sometimes you do a double take in the air. Like, is that 25 or 28? Right? Like, who, who's, right. who is that James well, White? Like, that's the other thing. Because he changed his number. So you always forget. You're like, what? Like, you don't think it's Brandon Bolton. Like, what right. back is that? Is that like a rookie? Right. Right. Brandon Bolden. I remember in minicamp, I made the mistake a couple of times of thinking he was Ramondre Stevenson, right? And I was like, right. oh boy, you know, what, what do they got here? But it's Bolden, and he's played extremely well, and he was a good passing game player even before he opted out, right, earlier on in his career and stuff like right. that. He was always a decent passing game player and receiver out of the backfield. So, yeah, he, he's definitely looked very, very good. Uh, Sony Michelle's also looked pretty spry. A nice caught, catch today. Yeah, he's caught some passes out of the backfield. He caught a touchdown on the goal line from Mac Jones towards the end of practice. Just flashing a little bit coming out of the backfield. I know Patriots fans always attack us about, can we incorporate Sony more in the passing well, game? Can we throw with Sony on the field more? Uh, maybe, maybe we're, we're starting to see that just a little bit. Uh, I, yeah, but I didn't this happen – Two years ago, I, I wasn't at camp last year because of the COVID protocols, but two years ago, yeah. I feel like they like, because he had that rookie year and it was, why aren't they throwing him the ball? And they threw him the ball a ton in camp and then they didn't do it all in the regular season. I don't know about last year, like you were there, but I feel like this has happened before where they threw the balls to Sony a ton in camp and then that was the last we saw of it. 
They, he's always usually pretty involved in like a check down element because there's a lot of check downs in camp, right? Like, right. There's, you know, there's a ton of check downs. There's no pass rush. So the quarterbacks will ho- hold the ball for three seconds and then wait. And then they just check it down eventually and stuff. So I try to weed out when I do my, my stats, I try to like kind of put an asterisk next to all the check downs and screens and all that kind of stuff. And Sony today at least caught a real pass from Mac Jones, right? He did, yeah. He, he ran a little and off. An, and another one from Cam too in sevens Yeah, on a wheel so, route. Yeah. Yeah, so some real passes from Sony, which is good to see. Uh, let's move over to defense, though. Dante Hightower, you mentioned it. That was one of my biggest takeaways from the first two days, is Hightower actually showing up in coverage. And we don't really yeah. talk about Hightower as a coverage player a whole lot. I, I think the best thing is to not have Dante Hightower in coverage a whole lot. But the fact that he's moving well enough to lock down, like he locked down Trey Nixon on a route today. And Trey Nixon is a quick, fast inside receiver right like he's a guy that can really move he plays a little bit on the outside too obviously but I just mean when he's inside he's a quick guy he's he's an elusive guy he also broke up a pass on day one over the middle so he's moving extremely well uh he looks great he looks spry I I don't I wouldn't rule out I know there's a lot of concern from some people that have been on you know in the chat on our show and stuff about Dante Hightower maybe not being as good after the year off or maybe being a little bit uh, rusty or, or whatever you want to call it. I actually think it might've had the opposite effect on him. Like he, he might've, yeah. it might've really done him good sitting out the year and, and kind of allowing his body kind of like the Gronk effect in a way. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Cause he took some weight off. So we'll see what he looks like with the pads on coming downhill against the run. But at the same time, like you said, if he's going to move like he is and he can pass rush and he can contribute in coverage, you have Juwan Bentley and Therese Hall who can stop the run. So I, you know, I'm not saying I don't think Hightower can do it, but right. sometimes guys do this. They extend their careers by kind of reworking, you know, the way they play. And Dante Hightower took a beating. He certainly dished out a beating, but he took a beating too, the way he was playing. And maybe he's kind of trying to reinvent himself. But yeah, he's, you know, he's showing up in ways he didn't necessarily show up before. And that's really interesting to see because he was always a pretty well-rounded player to begin with. But the one area you didn't see him a ton was coverage. And if he's adding that to his toolbox, that, that's going to change things defensively. He at least has not looked anywhere close to a liability in coverage. And I, I think nope. he's moving better in space than he ever has. And that's a scary thought for opposing defenses. A lot of questions in the chat about players on the line of scrimmage, you know, guys like Matt Judon, offensive lineman, uh, there's no pads in these practices. So evaluating the line of scrimmage right now, we're going to have to wait till next week when the pads go on to truly get a clear kind of idea of what the guys are going to be. We did get kind of an interesting moment relating to Matt Judon today. Uh, after practice, somebody asked Devon Godshaw about, you know, what are your impressions of some of the, yeah. the other guys in your free agency class? And he got he got real serious. Gotcha. He gets real serious. He said, you know, no lie. Matt Judon reminds me of Terrell Suggs when I yeah. watch him on film. So Devon Gotcha's a guy who knows he's a pro football player. Um, it's an you know, it's an interesting comparison to throw out there. Terrell Suggs. I know what Patriots fans think of Terrell Suggs, but Terrell Suggs is a hell of a football player. If they can get 80 percent of Terrell Suggs from Matt right. Judon, that's going to be a hell of a signing. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a home run siding if you get anybody close to the Terrell Suggs level. Uh, there was a rep that I did notice Judon got off the ball pretty quickly and came off the edge. And uh, Mac Jones kind of had to step up and around the pressure that he applied a little bit. So they, they've been active. You know, those guys have been around. But I also wanted to talk a little bit about Kyle Duggar. Because I don't want to, I'm not pressing any panic buttons. It's two days of training camp. I haven't really been overly um, excited about what I've seen out of Kyle Duggar covering some of these tight ends. Yeah, I, I thought Hunter Henry got him a few times. Now Hunter Henry is a very good tight end. So, so losing to Hunter Henry is not necessarily a bad thing. But that second year leap in terms of tight end stopper, uh, I wouldn't say we've necessarily seen completely that from Kyle Duggar in the first two days of practice. But again, it's, it's two days of practice. We'll see what happens. He's also not allowed to really ride these receivers or get too physical with them yet at the line of scrimmage, which is a huge part of his game. But Kyle Duggar in coverage at, against tight ends, man-to-man coverage specifically, is still, I would say, kind of a work in progress. So we got a really interesting quote from Duggar, too. Somebody asked him after practice, to evaluate his rookie season. And he said below average. And yeah. that's probably the hard, harshest evaluation I've ever heard of Kyle Duggar's rookie season. But he said he feels more comfortable in his role now. And, you know, to go along with what you said, I wonder if that just means maybe his role is evolving beyond that tight end stopper. I wonder if it's almost as a linebacker, if it's more back end stuff. Like, I wonder if he's just moving on from that being his primary role, and he's going to start doing a, a, a wider variety of things. So I, I kind of agree. I've noticed that too, but at the same time, like you said, I'm not raising the red flag on it. Yeah, I, it's it's good and bad, right? Because our iron sharpens iron, so th- that's always good. But when you, you watch Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, these are two really good tight ends, and it's a good right. way for it's you're kind of getting thrown into the deep end if you're Kyle Duggar, right? It's like if he was a rookie in uh, 2018 or 19, and he had to go up against Gronk every day in practice, right? It, it's, right. It's a good way to learn on the fly, certainly with these two tight ends in practice. Uh, I know that there was a linebacker. You have your linebacker of the day. That you, all, you let, Yesterday it was Raekwon McMillan. I know there's a lot, another linebacker today that I, I believe you're a little high on his practice. Yeah, so Raekwon McMillan had all those snaps yesterday, and today they went to Harvey Longy. And he had, a, I thought, a fantastic sequence at one point where him and Josh Uche combined for a sack of – I want to say it was Brian Hoyer. might have been uh, Cam. Um, but they, either way, they combined for a sack. And the next play, he comes out. He's covering Hunter Henry in the uh, – sorry. He's covering Jonu Smith in the flat. And he beats yeah. Jonu to the point. He breaks up the pass. And, yeah. That you was know, a good it's, play. Right. It's only two plays. He was out there more than that, certainly. But you look for guys to string things together. You'll see random players make a great play here and there. But, you know, when you string together a sequence of two, three, four plays, it tells you, okay, this guy's figuring it out. He's getting in a rhythm. And I thought Harvey Longy built up a little bit of a rhythm today. And that certainly stood out. And I've gone on the spiel a million times. I think the middle linebacker jobs behind Hightower are all up for grabs. Yeah. A good day for McMillan yesterday. Didn't see him as much today. It was Longy today. So that's certainly becoming a tight converse, uh, competition. Yeah, don't sleep on Harvey Longy. He had a decent season for the Jets last right. year. You and know. he plays a ton of special teams, too. Yeah, yeah, I did notice that that play on Jonu Smith definitely. His teammates noticed it, too, right? They they gave him. Yeah, that got a pop. 
Yeah, that got some applause. Uh, Johnny came on a, a little bit of a shallow crosser uh, into Longy's zone, and he was able to pick it up coming across and, and see the receiver coming into his zone and just had some good awareness to be able to see him coming across, and he got there in time. Uh, in the secondary, I thought Adrian Phillips is still having a really good uh, start to camp. Uh, he, he, he got beat, I think, maybe once or twice by the tight ends, but like I said, everybody got beat by Hunter Henry, especially a little bit today but he had really good coverage on Jacoby Myers actually like a seam fade and uh, Jacoby Myers was smothered by Adrian Phillips and I I was surprised to see 21 right I thought it was 31 for a second it was 21 so really good coverage by Adrian Phillips the last couple of days Uh, that's been a a kind of a bright spot for this team as well Um, what about anything to glean from the defensive line they've been rotating a lot of guys in there you know, Henry Anderson's yeah. gotten a lot of run. Dietrich Wise obviously has gotten a lot of run. Uh, Christian Barmore starting to get a little bit more run, I would say, with, with sort of the, the key figures on that defensive line. Like we mentioned, tough to evaluate it without pads, but we can talk about sort of just the combinations and who's getting the snaps and, and maybe some things that we've noticed pop. Well, that's just what it's excite- what's exciting is it's a ton of combinations. They're rotating guys in and out, and that in itself can be a weapon. So, Day two of training camp is different than week one of the regular season, but I'd like, you know, if they can do a rotation like that in games, I think that could be, you know, something that really works to their advantage. Yeah. I also think it's, I keep coming back to this and I know we've talked about this a lot, but that Jawan Williams, Mike Jackson, senior kind of competition, right. That we talked about in the preview show and sort of that, I guess we could call it third outside corner, maybe fourth if you want to count Jalen Mills as kind of the third outside corner. Uh, neither one of those guys has been particularly yeah. great. That that comp- I mean, part of it is they just haven't gotten a ton of reps because Mills has, has mostly been in that role. But, right. yeah, that, that one's been, been a disappointment. Juwan Williams did have one nice play today in individual drills. It was just, you know, he made a nice catch going kind of Odell'd one. But, um, right. Not yeah, not not a ton from that group, and that's a position where I think when we get towards the end of training camp and we start talking about external additions, I think cornerback has to be at the top of that list. Even if Stephon Gilmore comes back, I think outside cornerback has to be at the top of that list. There is one other secondary note I will point out. Adrian Colbert, first player on the field, second day in a row. He was the first player on the field in the spring quite a bit. Yeah. So, and, you know, he, I haven't seen a ton of him, honestly. He hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked bad. He's just, Which sometimes for somebody in the secondary is what you want. If you're not really seeing him too much, you're not. that means he's covering his guy. And he's not getting targeted. Uh, but at the very least, he's a guy who's definitely making the effort. And uh, I don't remember that. Like, normally the first guy on the field is different every day. Especially, like, maybe it'll be a quarterback. And then the first non-quarterback on the field is different every day. But it's been Colbert consistently going back to the spring. Yeah, that that is an interesting note. I know you like Adrian Colbert a whole lot. Um, there was a lot of laps ran at practice. A lot today. of laps today, yeah. A lot of laps. Uh, Dietrich Wise and Devon Godshaw, I think Cam might have hard counted them, uh, got them both to jump offside, so they both ran a lap. Yep. Uh, JC Jackson ran a lap, right? Um, Did you see what that was for? I never found out what that was for. I don't know what that was for. Trey Nixon ran a lap because he fumbled. I, I saw yep. that one. And then your boy... Gunnar yep. Olszewski muffed a punt, and they had to run a lap. Uh, how do you feel, Alex? Are you worried well, about Gunnar dropping spot? So, so he ran around both fields. Most guys only run around one. Was, if that. Yeah, Some guys was, cut the corner. He went all the way around both fields. Um, 
I'm going to chalk that up to you. That was even great. good at running laps. You know, that's dedication right there. That that was a uh, that was a great punt, but it really was a great punt. It was a, it was a we, big punt. Yeah. we haven't seen him really kick in eleven on elevens. It was a, a different drill. It was a punt block drill where they actually yeah. had folk back there, and he he stands in as the punter, but he doesn't actually kick it. The players react as if the punt was blocked. But Bailey was kind of kicking as the drill was going on, and he hit one that I it must have gotten up in the wind or something because it was a little windy there, um, and it. It Making looked excuses like it was, for him. No, this, it was a great punt. It looked like it was going to fall at the five, and it just kind of hung up. And Gunner tried to catch it as he was backpedaling, and it just ate yeah. up. He ran out of room. So, uh, no, he, you know, if that's last year, that's a red flag. I think he's earned himself uh, no, one month pump as an all-pro, so he's okay. But, yeah, uh, uh, yeah no, a ton, ton of laps today. There was only – I think Mac was the only one yesterday, right? Right, he fumbled, he fumbled, that snap. He fumbled the snap. Um, there might have James White ran a lap when he when he dropped You're that right, pass. when he dropped that pass that was picked right, off right um, by McMillan. But yeah, a lot, lot more laps today, and well, Bill's not. It's a shame Bill's not speaking tomorrow because you'd love to ask him about all the laps that got run today. Yeah, not not a big surprise, but yeah, it's a tough one for Gunner. Who I, I, I maybe I don't know. I can't really think of another player. I think Gunner gets the biggest applause and the biggest cheers from the crowd out there than any other player on the team. Well, like, I'll tell you, the fan favorite now. They absolutely love him. No, I'll tell you who got a huge pop yesterday. The biggest non-quarterback applause, I think, when they were like coming out of the tunnel onto the field. Oh, yeah, Kobe Myers. People yeah. are going nuts. I he's really becoming a fan, and rightfully so. I mean, he's a good player, but he's really becoming a fan favorite. All these, you know, undrafted. Position change wide receivers, Gunner, Jacoby Myers, people love them. Oh, they so. love them. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have noticed that the fans have been cheering both of those guys on very heavily. A lot of cheers for Cam out there, too, right? And yeah. I think there is still, at least in these diehard fans that are coming out to these practices every day, there is some support for Cam as well. All right, Alex, uh, we're going to do a player of the day, right, at the end of every show. So uh, what, who was your player of the day? I don't know if you prepared one, so I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. Uh, it was probably Cam. I thought Cam yeah. had a really good day. I'll go offense and defense because I did that yesterday. Uh, I thought Cam had a really good day. Um, and, you know, just compared to Mac kind of falling apart at the end, that sort of adds to it because I it's probably not fair to either one of them, so I hate to do it. But you really – the way this thing's set up, you can't evaluate one without the context of the other. You have to look at them in comparison to each other. Today was a great day for Cam Newton. He played well. He gained some ground. So Cam's going to be my offensive player of the day. Uh, My defense player day, like I said, Harvey Longy, he had that great sequence. And I thought, you know, he he put out some strong tape today. So those are my my players of the day today. Yeah, I I agree with both of those. Special special teams player of the day was actually Quinn Nordine. He looked good kicking the ball. Okay, Uh, I was actually going to ask you you about the kickers, and then I forgot. So we'll get we'll we'll give up my player of the day, and then we'll get into the kickers. Okay, I I thought he looked good kicking. There wasn't a ton of glean from it. That's all it is. Okay, all right. I I definitely would give the player of the day to Cam. Today was a really good day for Cam. We saw a whole a bunch of everything from Cam. Right, running the Patriots style of offense, running his own kind of run game package catching passes, a typical Cam Newton experience. If you start to see, and look, at this stage of his career, the question really comes down to, can he consistently string these types of practices together at this stage, right? Are these practices going to be come and go with Cam? But today, Cam played extremely well. And I thought that if he can continue to string these types of practices together, then we are going to see him 
be the starting quarterback pretty comfortably because Mac, his day will come. His time is going to come sooner rather than later. But I truly feel like today, Cam, with the run game stuff, with the throwing that he was able to put out there and all these types of things, I think it's a really good day for Cam Newton and you got to give him his due and tip your cap because a lot of people, myself included, have been extremely hard on Cam Newton, the passer, right? And I wasn't really sure if Cam in these passing, we talked about this yesterday. It's, it's basically target practice out there right now, right? Like, like there's no live pass rush. There's no pads. It's not a whole lot of run game stuff. It's truly just, target practice throwing the football for the quarterbacks and I wasn't sure if Cam would win too many days going toe-to-toe with Mac Jones at just throwing the ball from a clean pocket right I wasn't right. sure if he was going to win too many of those days and he definitely won today how about de- how about defense let's, let's spread the love out here as many players of the day pluggers of the day that's right I said yes I wanted to be plugged oh yeah you gotta call it who's, your, who's your defensive plugger of the day okay all right um shout out Camp Maplewood I like to Harvey Longy poll. I, I thought he was good today yeah. as well. I, I really, I'm a, very, very impressed and ex, excited about Dante Hightower. I, 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 I think Hightower is coming back from this opt out as a fresh player, right? Fresh legs, year off. I think really did good by, from his body standpoint. And like I said when we talked about him earlier, he's not even hitting anybody yet, and that's what Dante Hightower is known for, right? Rushing the passer, right. coming Boom downhill. Tower boom tower he we haven't even gotten to that stage yet and he's making plays in coverage and in space and and that isn't necessarily what Dante Hightower is known for so to see those types of things happening already as soon as the pads come on I I think it's going to be even better from Dante Hightower I have no concerns whatsoever about that year off anymore right like I I don't think that it did him any I don't think it set him back at all I, I think he's come back and hit the ground running no he is Tonta Hightower, all caps, back. Yes, he is so, back. All yeah. right. So we'll be back. Uh, are we going to do a show tomorrow? What, what's the plan here? Tomorrow is Friday. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, pro- yeah, probably. We'll talk off the air, probably. It might we'll, be a different time, but. Yeah, yeah. we're going to try to get in a, a show tomorrow. Uh, then we're definitely going to get into, you know, shows pretty much every day after camp when we can. Uh, and next week, as we mentioned earlier, Tuesday is the big day. That's when the pads go on. Well, so, so to be, that's when they can go on. Bill didn't say that's when they will go on. He said that's when they can go on. I hope that's when they go on because I don't want to watch too many more of these, you know, passing camp practices where there's nothing really uh, happening at the line of scrimmage. Uh, so let's hope that the pads go on on Tuesday. We'll get to that on Tuesday afternoon, certainly. Uh, so we'll definitely be back on the pod on Tuesday. Hopefully we'll get be able to fit in a show tomorrow as well. But until then, signing off for Alex Barth, I'm Evan Lazar. Thanks for watching, everybody.